Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hello and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for incredible destinations, amazing experiences, and life-changing family adventures. It's Aaron Schlein here, and it's time to put on your mouse ears because today we're talking Disney vacations. We've now done over 40 episodes of Family Travel Radio, and we have yet to do an episode about Disney. Now, that all changes right here today. I have invited Disney vacation planner and travel advisor extraordinaire Kim Anwar from Magic Family Getaways on the program today, and Kim is going to share some of her best advice for planning your family's Disney vacation. Kim is also going to share some insight about Disney's newest and perhaps most highly anticipated attraction ever, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Before we get to my chat with Kim, I have some exciting news to share. If you listen to my five-part series about my family's trip to Britain this past spring, then you will recall that my son celebrated his sixth birthday in Britain. And I concluded that five-part series by saying that my son told me that for his seventh birthday, he wants to go to Paris. Well, just this past week, we are officially making that happen. We booked four round-trip tickets from San Francisco to Paris for next spring. Yes, indeed, my friend. The Schleins are going to Paris. Carcarney! And see. Lay's, Lay's infant. Uh, desire uh, a hamburger and free. And we're also going to spend about four days, maybe four or five days, exploring other parts of France as well. Still a lot of details to fill in, but the airline tickets are purchased. And of course, stay tuned to this podcast because you know that you are going to hear all about our Paris adventure, our adventures throughout France, everything that we see and everything that we learn so that hopefully you can be inspired to get out there and explore Paris and explore France with your family as well. And since we're talking Disney today, there is a Disneyland in Paris, and I think there's a pretty decent chance that we will end up there at some point. Again, stay tuned. Paris Adventure is coming next spring. All right, my friend, off we go. We're chatting with Kim Anwar today from Magic Family Getaways. Enjoy. Happy to welcome to Family Travel Radio. We have Kim Anwar joining us from her home in New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk a little bit about Disney, about Magic Family Getaways and what we do for our clients. Well, excited to have you. Let me Allow me to introduce you formally to our audience here. Kim Anwar is the owner and the founder of the family-run travel agency, Magic Family Getaways. She resides in New Jersey, like I mentioned, and Kim is the mom of three active boys. Her favorite Disney character is Moana because she believes in the endless adventures that lie beyond the horizon. And Kim lives by Walt Disney's quote, when you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way, implicitly and unquestionable, end quote, because it was Walt Disney himself that inspired her to build her growing agency. Kim, that's awesome stuff. Let's talk Disney. Give me your personal romance with Disney. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. So my story, I guess, with Disney started when I was when I was young, when I 
traveled and drove for the first time all the way from Philadelphia to New Jersey with my grandmother, my neighbors and kids. And it was such this memorable vacation when we were 12 years old. We went back again. We, we went back in um, high school and in college with my roommates. We just continued to have this great little getaway at the parks, whether, we, whether I was a teenager, a tween, or after I met my husband. I started to travel when my son was a baby. We would just go to a Disney vacation and not have to worry about anything. We would sit, we could relax. My husband and I could go out and have a nice dinner. We had childcare services. We had fun. We, had, we just always had a great time. At the time I worked, um, this is my second career. I was working in the asset management industry and it, it just fit for me and my kids and my family every trip that we took. After um, staying home with my third baby, I started started to change and try to find something where I was home with my children, but still working and doing something that I loved. And I always just kept going back to Disney. And I was like, what can I do here that's linked to it? How does my you know travel advisor work and what does she do? And with that, I just had one of those light bulb moment days. And I was like, that's it. I'm really going to start my own agency. Um, start from home. And that was back in um, 2015. And I pretty much learned everything from scratch, taught, taught myself and educated myself. And after about a year or two, I started growing uh, my team one agent at a time. And now we're up to a team of 20 travel advisors, helping people plan their memorable vacations to Disney. And I'll never look back. I'm really happy. <laughs> and uh, I just love my job and love what I do. Well, I'm sure you're bringing your own brand of magic to those those 20 families who are now part of your team. Let's talk about that for just a second. This isn't a business show, but I am fascinated when folks like you can take a love, especially a love of travel, and then take that to another level and actually just integrate it into, into their lives by, by starting a business. Let's take a minute real quick and just talk to me about the, those, those early days, because that is a big leap for anybody to take. And you took that leap in 2015. Tell me about that. Yeah, basically, I just did as much research as I can. Everything from just Googling things to visiting the parks and, and different resorts more and more, learning more as much as I could about the travel industry as a whole. Anything that I can engage myself and learn more, I did in all of my free time. At the same time, I also had a tremendous, I, I was very lucky and had a good support from, from Disney and um, some of their teams and their training and their services that they provided me. So I just kind of combined all of that. I was I'm part of a few different moms group and a lot of good local friends and started just kind of sharing my passion and my story. And then I said, well, now I'm, you know, I'm ready to grow and I really need some help, you know, who's, who's interested in this. And that's kind of how it took off with three or four um, people at a time. Passion and story. I can really resonate with that because uh, I believe that passion, our passion and our stories are what are what drive us to do great things in this world and then connect with the people that we need to connect with. And Kim, you and I connected last year in Bermuda. And I want to give you a compliment here just to go along with something that you said where you talked about starting your business and just learning everything you could and diving in and taking those risks. I remember when I first met Kim last year, she was just getting started and wanting to learn how to do some do video interviews. 
She was there. She had a microphone. She really had no experience, but she went for it. And just watching you do that truly was inspirational to to me and I think to anyone else. And I feel like that's just a little kind of microcosm of maybe just the way that you do life in general, given that you're willing to just dive in and figure it out as you go. Yep. I just dive in and roll up my sleeves <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Love that. Well, let's roll up our sleeves. Actually, I have, I'm not wearing sleeves today, but I'm going to roll up what I got here. We're going to talk Disney today on Family Travel Radio. And one thing we always emphasize on the podcast is helping families discover family vacation opportunities, but doing it in a very genuine way. We're not being salesy here. And it can be tough to talk family travel. It is tough to talk family travel without including Disney. And there's, of course, there's plenty of folks out there that can talk Disney. But Kim, I invited you on the show because not only can you talk Disney, but you're so genuine and you bring that affection for Disney as a brand into the conversation. And I think in a way that truly offers families the opportunity to make those magical memories. So you ready to ready to get on that roller coaster? I'm ready. All right. Ready. Let's, let's, let's start with something timely. Star Wars. Star Wars. And the, the new Galaxy's Edge attraction in both the California and the Florida parks. Now, you've had a peek under the hood of Galaxy's Edge. Well, it's open to the public now, but you got an advanced peek. Is that right? I had a peek on the opening day. I actually planned to go with my, with my family and my kids. Um, they're all very passionate about their Star Wars fans. We've all been waiting for it collectively as a family to get there. We reserved the Disneyland Hotel the first the day it came out, and we were thrilled to be there. And we were like the first ones in line, and we experienced almost every inch of Galaxy's Edge that we could, and of the Planet Batu and of the Smuggler's Run ride, the Millennium Falcon ride, and it was so true to what to what we expected, but it exceeded our expectations even more. We didn't think the land was going to be so living. The characters walking around were so accessible. They're chatty, playing with my son, you know, stormtroopers talking, whether they were with the resistance or not, you know, like just all these, there are so many little details. Again, I, I still, another one of my favorite things is it's so much all in the details with Disney, but with Ky- Kylo Ren, like my my teenage son, he's like, oh my God, he he tired me on my shoes and was like walking together. But the whole land, the whole people is, it's all interacting with itself, um, which made it even more special than what we thought. You know, we thought it was going to be a big crowd. We were going to go in, experience the ride. But as we experienced everything, it was like, it was just really amazing day. And I teased on even one of my posts it was like hashtag best day ever but we just had so much fun you know even drinking the blue milk and going to the Olga's cantina and everything was just amazing I'm ready to go back <laughs> go back again I can't wait can't wait for it to open now at um at Disney World I can't wait for you know everyone to see it and, and experience it well so folks out there listening this is an audio only podcast, but Kim and I can see each other here. We're chatting over Zoom. And if you could see what I see, you'd see Kim just lighting up. She's lit up more than she normally is talking about this stuff. This is genuine. This is straight from the heart, my friends. So Kim, let's get into some of those, maybe some some expert advice regarding the new Galaxy's Edge attraction. From what I've read, it's unbelievably popular. One article I read that said, if you don't have a reservation for Galaxy's Edge, don't even bother going to the park in the first place. What do you think about that? I think, I, 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 I believe Disney is going to do their best to get everybody in, to find a way that's going to be fair to everybody. 
So right now you can only make a reservation and get in and have a, t a four hour time slot um, until June 23rd. That means booking a reservation at one of the three Disneyland hotels, whether it's Paradise Pier, Grand California, or the Disneyland Hotel. And then the hotel staff gives you the time and you can go in. Now, none of us really know what's, what's going to happen on the 24th. Are, you know, are people going to be a little bit nervous and afraid to line up? Or are all the fans still going to come out in full force and there's just going to be a four-hour wait? So, and I, I, I personally, I think Disney World is watching and trying to see, learn from what's going to happen at Disneyland. If you have a Disney World reservation, they are not guaranteeing the time, a time slot like they are at Disneyland, but they are offering extra, extra magic hours where you can get into the park if you're staying at one of Disney's 25 resorts for at 6 a.m. in the morning. Who knows if people are going to, I don't think Disney's going to let them line up at 3 a.m. to get in at 6. I think they're really going to find a way to help their resort guests get in, get through. They haven't said if there's a time that they're going to ask people to get out so new people can get in. So I'm sure they're still testing everything. I'm sure behind the scenes they have so much going on that we're, we don't know, but I'm confident that they'll find a way. It's not going to be mayhem like like you see on the internet. It is going to be a little crazy the first couple of weeks. I'm sure they're going to have to work it out. But Disney World just doesn't have the capacity, I think, to manage like Disneyland does with just three resorts of, of guests. Well, it's, that's a nice way to, or a nice opportunity to segue into what you do and what you provide as a travel advisor. And I want to get into that a little bit more in detail uh, a little bit later on, but let's, let's keep the conversation to Star Wars just for another yeah, minute. Sure. What ability do you have, whether it's now or in the foreseeable future to, to help your clients have a better experience or have a, a less chaotic experience getting into right. Galaxy's Edge? What, what, what we do is we'll kind of work with everyone and ex explain to them almost what we said, you know, it's, it's going to open at, at 6am, depending on how old your kids are, depending on what you want to do. Do you want to get in line? you know, to get in. There won't be any fast passes available. Um, there's a lot of things that they're still not confirming to us, but I'm not going to get everybody's expectations up that they are going to get in. There's still so many other awesome things going on at Disney World. Right now with all the four other parks, there's still Pandora. There's still the amazing Avatar ride. There's still Slinky Dog Dash and the whole, you know, Toy Story Land. There's there's so much still to experience for all the other days that they're at the park. You know, that legally speaking, Disney said we we can they cannot guarantee you're gonna get in for Disney World. I don't know what to be honest, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm sure most people are going to get in. You know, I think it'll I think it'll be fine. But what we can do and what we do with a regular Disney vacation, you know, we'll we kind of have a plan. We we Help. We sort of help to educate people so that they know how the fast pass system works, how the dining system works, how it links to their app and links to their Magic Band, how they can kind of switch around and do all those things. We don't really hand our clients a paper itinerary and here's where you're going to go because your your vacation at Disney is fluid and there's so many different things happening. You know, like all of a sudden the kids want to see the parade. Oh no, I've just spent all this time. You know. <laughs> working on the fast passes and we got to go, you know, wait for Buzz Lightyear and then the kids have a meltdown, you know, so it's important that when, when you do plan that vacation, you do allow time to not expect to see everything, to 
keep your schedule open, understand how to navigate the Disney app and change your, your options as they go. So you can really just get to experience everything and have a really good time with your family and never get overwhelmed. If you start thinking too much and planning or you have a short amount of time, you might get overwhelmed. Kim, I, I tend to err on the side of under planning. That's just the way, that's just the way I am. I've never really, honestly, never thought about, thought too heavily about the concept of planning a Disney vacation. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California. I have an unfair advantage. We just would show up at Disneyland yeah. on a day and we'd go in and we'd leave. That was it. That was the day. But for a lot of folks, most folks really around the world, taking a Disney vacation requires careful planning. So tell me about how you handle or how you work your magic with yeah. with these families that come to you. They say, Kim, we know you're a Disney expert. We want to do this Disney vacation with our family, but we just don't know. We don't know what we're doing. Help. That's, that's what happens a lot. Yes. And both Disneyland and Disney World are a little bit different in terms of your, of your planning. Disneyland is a little bit easier to do on the fly. They have a max pass system. You can you book your fast passes the day you get there. You can kind of plan as you go. With, with Walt Disney World, sometimes it's, it could be a longer vacation. It's a longer family investment. Everyone's planning for a long time. So you want to kind of plan, you know, a little bit, X out your days. There, there are some, there are some of the most popular things that can fill up 180 days. If you want to be at Cinderella's Castle and have dinner, you know, at the 6 p.m. dinner slot, there's only so many slots around and if that's during spring break. So yes, the more you plan ahead for a few of those things and you hold the better. But again, inside their app and their systems, you can still modify, you can still change, you can still plan. So when we work with a, a, a family, a client, we kind of talk with them and help them plan out their week and think of think of the, th- the things, the, the components of their vacation from the tickets to the dining and the parks. Because at Disney, Disney World, there are, and again, depending on the time of the year they're going, there's different events happening. There's different parties happening. There's, you know, Halloween in the fall. There's Epcot um, Flower and Garden Festival in the spring. There's lots of other things that fall on top of their, their vacation time that, that helps in their planning that either they want part of or they don't. So as we're kind of plugged into the agenda and things that are happening, we go through what they're sort of must-dos are and just help them guide and really understand Disney's booking system, kind of plan that. Outside of those, some of those the seasonal challenges that you mentioned, things that are kind of constantly in flux throughout the year, those aside, what are just some fundamental concerns, mistakes that you would see people making on their own when it comes to booking their vacation that you as a professional can see those things coming a mile away and help folks navigate them? No, that's a great question. <laughs> Some people, you know, they'll book the wrong type of ticket, something that'll depend on their family if they want to move around. Maybe they could save more money if they have younger kids. They just need a regular one-day ticket per day. They can go four days to the park, you know, the same park and go back at night for the fireworks or they'll have purchased, you know, the, they really want the park hopper because their neighbors got that. But maybe that's better for a family with tweens and teenagers that are more on the move. There's just different pricing and different things that can affect your trip that if you do it on your own, whether you need the most luxurious or you prefer, you know, a value resort and you want to save a little bit, but, but then you might not know that the value resort, they all have two double beds. Maybe you're traveling with four 
or five 13 year old girls, you want to be in, in a resort where there's lots of kids and that lots of that energy, you know, it just depends And certain resorts will, will cater more to that. And they'll have the cheerleading teams and the, you know, lots of groups going that could fit well for other kids traveling, but for another family, they may get a little nervous, like, you know, or it's a little too noisy for them. They'll prefer something more quiet. So there's, there's lots of different options in that. And each of those resorts draws in sometimes a different crowd. So it's good to kind of know that and the budget and where you want to be. <laughs> right. Well, it's always good to have a professional in your corner. This is Kim, you eat, sleep and breathe Disney and who wouldn't want to have you in their corner planning that vacation. <laughs> One thing you touched on was cost and we, we can't have a conversation about Disney without talking cost. Like I told you earlier, I grew up in Southern California and I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but I remember the outrage that came the day we all found out that a one day ticket to Disneyland, the price was going up to $20. Nobody's going to pay $20 to get into Disneyland. It's laughable now, but let's talk about those. What are some of your best tips for keeping costs down on a Disney vacation? Again, I, I think it depends on your family, on your kids, on your, you know, how much you eat, um, how much you budget and plan for. If, for example, you remember, there's two, three things in place when you think of, of Disney World, your lodging, your food and your tickets. Tickets, you can save money, like I had mentioned, on a, on a one park per day ticket versus a, a park hopper. And again, depending on, on what you need. All right, let's stop and talk about that in a little bit of detail. Describe the, the difference between the two and why one's preferable. Yeah, there's actually three types of tickets. So you can get a what they call a base ticket, a one-day, one-park-per-day ticket, mean, meaning you can go in and out of that same park as many times as you can the one for one day. Let's say you're staying for four days. So you can each day you can visit one of the four parks. The second type of ticket is called the park hopper. So you can hop from park to park in one day. So you can go spend your morning at Magic Kingdom and go see Animal Kingdom show at night, or you can kind of move around in and out of the parks. And it costs a little bit more per person per day. Third type of ticket is called a Park Hopper Plus. So if you had four day Park Hopper tickets, you get four water park, you get four other extra tickets, which can be used for a round of golf, uh, mini golf, it's a shortened and, and eight holes of golf or the two water parks. So that could be really great if you, you can save a lot of money. If you're, if you're say, staying for seven days or for a week, you can do four days of your park hopper tickets and your other days you can kind of chill and relax and do other things. You can go to each other water park, you know, another activity. Also, there's the ESPN zone there. So that's another good ticket option if you're there for a long amount of time. So how do you go through those with, with an individual family? Like what criteria are you looking for when you recommend one type of ticket versus another? It depends on their time, how long they're going to be there, how, how much they want to see and the ages of the kids. If they're not going in the summer, I don't recommend the park hopper plus they don't use they, People tend to not go to the water parks as much between ages prefer the water parks. It's just what I found it could change and I, and, and it, and it can shift. So it depends, I guess, on the family and how, how long they're staying. Some people know already, no, I'm, I only want, you know, base ticket, but I kind of go through it and tell people the difference. 
Okay, great. Well, let's get into let's get into lodging. There's there's a million options, and I'm, I know the 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 prices can you have the whole rainbow of, of fruit flavors when it comes to lodging options in and around the parks. Yeah. So, how do you walk families through making those those daunting choices? Yeah, again, there are there are some families that know they they want to be on the monorail line, or they remember when they went there as a kid. They know exactly where they want to be, and they'll you know they they want that sort of more deluxe experience right next to the to the parks and they and they're they're set with that there's some people that um you know that have that they know they're going to spend a lot of time in the parks they're going to be you know most of the time they don't really need to spend that much time on lodging maybe they they want a nice pool they want to swim a little bit a value resort is is fine for that and also that disney's moderate resorts have a little bit more amenities and they're still really great to go spend a couple hours and swim and take a break and have a nice restaurant and all that kind of helps them decide the room the room type and and how many people they are another thing that with with Disney is each of these levels of resorts have larger number of crowds and number of people and some of the value and moderate resorts do have an internal bus loop so i kind of let people know you know, about time, timing, get back and forth to the parks with the little ones. They also have different room categories where you can pay 10 or $15 more per night and have a preferred location um, in a moderate resort. And you're closer to the bus and the lobby and dining. So it's more just to kind of chat with people and, and understand where they, they want to stay. Do they want space amenities? Do they want just straight theme parks the whole time? Or if they want to take a couple of days off and chill at their resorts, some of the resorts have so much to do. You can spend a day or two just there, like even in the Animal Kingdom Lodge. You know, there's there's movies, there's movies under the stars, there's animals, there's activities going on all day. So even you can save a little bit and not get a, a ticket one day and just relax at the resort because a lot of walking. <laughs> I like how you referred to it as as taking some time off taking some time off, like these massive first world problems. Oh, I, I just need a break from all this fun. I need to sit by the yeah, pool and, and regroup. <laughs> no, people do. People people need to go to a spa sometimes. They, <laughs> you name it. They <laughs> the happiest place on earth. It obviously comes with, there's, there's a lot to know and lots of ins and outs and it's always changing. Yeah. And we appreciate folks like yourself who keep your ear to the ground and keep plugged into the magic so Kim, on your website, you list one of your company's core beliefs as, quote, attention to detail the Disney way. What is the Disney way? What does that mean to you? Why do you believe in that so strongly? Even from, from us, when, when we touch Disney, whether I'm from a work point of view, from a, a, a family point of view, or whichever way, I try to instill that same belief the way I work with my clients as Disney works with me as Disney works with our staff. It's, it's taking that extra step to kind of just talk with people and chat with them and understanding and not rushing and just, just taking time to really understand somebody's vacation and more from a client service point of view and just kind of helping everyone bit by bit. They, they don't rush. They're just, they're just lovely and sweet and in, in so many things that they do and, and really just try to help help us and, and everyone. Um, That's probably them calling right now. Yeah. Can most people are familiar with Disney and with the parks, even if they haven't been So tell me about your personal, like this is Kim talking. What are your favorite things about Disneyland? 
favorite rides, favorite attractions, things like that? I do feel like every time I go, they still exceed exceed my expectations. The first time when I when I went and we rode Flight of Passage, um, that's the the Avatar ride. I mean, everybody cheered and clapped and the detailed, you know, just every step of the way, they always it's it's always very you know, very wow moments like, oh, wow, that was really great. You know, it just brings us back again and again. And it's those little details and that little attention that that we notice every time, you know, even down to down to our meals, down to having uh, a green, they have a green IPA beer at Animal Kingdom Lodge, you know, that, that we always get, like just the little things and the little touches and the the experience for everyone in my family is has always been been wonderful. I, we've always, you know, it's not it's not like other va- family vacations. It is still a, kind of that theme park vacation and feel, but you do feel like whisked away in a little magical world sometimes, and and it's just all about fun and being happy. And and uh, whether we had to rush or something ever happened, we always felt welcomed. We always felt comfortable from. My first visit to my last one. <laughs> I still feel the same. Okay, right now, June fourteenth, twenty nineteen. What's your favorite ride? Still Avatar. Play of that, that. That's okay. You, you, that was the one you mentioned, but you didn't call it out I specifically. Mentioned. That's the favorite. Okay, that's cool. That's still my favorite ride. Every time I ride it, it's still my favorite. Still my favorite. The Millennium Falcons. Now the Smuggler's Run is second. But but that's yeah. pretty impressive to move up to yeah. second so quickly. <laughs> I know it was. It was great. It was. Just like you stepped in the ship, it was just like you were part of the the team and in the movie set. So it was it was really great. That's that's super cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Disney fan myself. I haven't been in a while, but you're inspiring me to get back on the horse. I don't live all that far from from Disneyland. Yeah, you got to get to Disneyland. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back there, and my kids are at a cool age that they they'll, they'll enjoy that for sure. So Kim, you really one of the things you really want us to take away from here, and one of the things that I want the audience to take away is just the benefits of booking a family vacation like this through using a travel agent like yourself. Obviously there's way more than meets the eye when it comes to a, a Disney vacation and booking with an agent like yourself can make the trip better, more enjoyable, smoother, as you discussed. We're very grateful for people like yourself who are so heavily trained directly by the Disney folks. And then you deliver that magic onto us. And I can speak not from experience. I don't want to say that I have the experience because I absolutely don't, but I know Kim very well. And I know that she's a wonderful agent and folks like her truly can save you time and money and you can have more fun, more memories and experience more magic with your loved ones. And Kim from Magic Family Getaways, you can head over to magicfamilygetaways.com. Check out everything Kim's got going on over there. Contact her directly. She's wonderful. Kim, thanks so much for taking some time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kim from Magic Family Getaways. All the links, everything Kim and I talked about, you're going to find that over at familytravel.org slash radio in the show notes. And we've got show notes for every episode of Family Travel Radio, all 40 plus episodes, all waiting there for you once again at familytravel.org slash radio. We are going to be right back here next week, and we will see you then. For now, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I'm signing off.